Thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like Him. All right, y'all ready? Tell me you're ready. Are y'all ready? It's going to be a good day. So we're wrapping up this series on the family. We've talked about those, those, that, those groups that are in our phone, uh, phones, you know, the ones that are brother, sister, mother, father, all that kind of stuff. But some of them are, you know, even closer than blood. The, the friends that we have, they're the fam for us. So we've been talking about how to strengthen the, the family. And today we're going to talk about specifically uh, some of the ways that we're similar, but some of the ways that we're different. Uh, and I'll tell you what, we're going to actually talk about men and women today. So everybody in this room is one of the two. So everybody's in for a great day today. And what we're going to allow today to happen is we're going to allow the word of God to speak loud to us today. Not somebody's opinion, but the word of God to speak loud because it's living and it's breathing. And it's, the Bible says, sharper than a two-edged sword. So we're going to allow the, the Holy Spirit through his word to do what he's going to do. But this came about, anybody remember a show? It's, it's probably been 15 or 20 years ago. It was called... Um, it was called Designing for the Sexes. Anybody remember that show? Two people, me and somebody else. Thanks. We're showing our age. I can't say how old you are, but yep, thank you, my age. Um, but it was a show that was um, about getting a man and a woman, a husband and a wife together, and they would take a room and they would try to design that room that would accommodate both the man and the women. And what they found out, it was next to impossible to do that because men and women are so different. And so I was trying to do all this research for this, you know, this, what we're going to talk about today. And so I went to the, the, the store and I went to Amazon and I actually found a book that I think is so appropriate for just what we're talking about. And the name of the book was this, Everything Men Know About Women. So I got, it was a pretty thick book. Um, but not like big thick, like it wasn't like uh, the Chronicles of Narnia thick, but it was pretty thick. And, and, and then I opened the book up and I went to the first chapter and it, the pages were blank. And then I went to the second chapter and guess what was there? Same thing, blank. And the joke was on me because men have no clue anything about women. Like we can barely, we can barely understand ourselves. And it's, it's not just the physical stuff because we can talk about the physical and we'll probably talk about that and you'll probably take some notes about it. But no one would argue that men and women are different physically, right? Like we're different. But like I was thinking about like, okay, so weight and shape and size and anatomy and, and that men were built a certain way and, 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 and women were built a certain way. And, you know, and we, we, it's, I'm not talking like even politically now because we can get really political about men and women stuff like, but I'm talking about it. You, you see it. I have a friend of mine that's a doctor. And one of the things he told me, he's been a doctor for years, he said, if they dig up your carcass, your body, 100 years from now, 500 years from now, they will absolutely know without a shadow of a doubt through your DNA what you are, male or female. There's no questions asked. So it's one of those, like, we, but we're different, right? Weight, shape, size, anatomy, political, you know. Men usually have stronger upper body strength, okay? This is just, this is um, build muscle easily, a little easier. They have thicker skin. Um, they bruise less easy, and their extremities are a lot more sensitive. <laughs> just want to make sure everybody is on the sh same sheet of music. First service, everybody, like sixth graders. It was awesome. Men, men, men are essentially built for physical confrontation and force. Um, it's proven that their joints 
especially the upper, are made for throwing things like footballs and baseballs or spears, okay, spears. But this is also true. A man's skull is thicker than a woman's skull. That's why men have invented games. They slam their head into other men. Football, um, rugby. Um, do, do you know that, that males in other species, even like animals, the way they, they show their dominance is by running into each other in their head. You don't ever see women, they don't have a tea party and go, hey, you want to bang your heads together? It, it, it doesn't happen that way. Um, it's proven that um, um, our vision is different. Um, here's a great, great one for me. And, and guys, just raise your hand if you have this. You have to wait till I say it. Three of you raised your hand like, yep, that's me. <laughs> I didn't even say it yet, but you're going to know about it. So I, Gina goes, can, can you get the ketchup out of the refrigerator? No ketchup. And what is it with them? They walk right in and they go to the exact, I think they plant it. I think they plant it and they, and they, they put it right, and it's right here, babe, or in the pantry or whatever else, right? But not only that, do you know that men can only see in 16 colors? 16 colors. Women are much, their palate's like, you actually call things that are fruits colors, peach. That's, that's the color peach. Or pumpkin, that's pumpkin spice. Now it's a drink. And what the heck is fuchsia? Like, just call it pink. That's what it is, right? Um, women have a stronger, stronger sense of smell. <laughs> was that you? <laughs> no, it was a dog. <laughs> We're going to laugh a lot today. Is that okay? All right. Um, men rely only or mostly on their left side of the brain which is logic, which is that's why a lot of men, we can only handle one problem at a time. Women have more neurons between the two and it allows their left and right brain. That's why they can work on 18 different things at the same time. You're not following them if you're a guy. But when they circle back around the whole camp and they go and they're like, and you're like, whoa, 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 what are we? So does anybody... Just a show of hands for the guys. Just you, you didn't even wait. <laughs> like my, my Gina, she was in first service. So I, like she heard all. This. Gina will take a left turn, and I'll not have like, like. But we will be talking about the kids, and then all of a sudden it's about what's your schedule this week. And I'm like, are we on the kids or are we on what the schedule? It's because of how their their brains function. That's that's how they work. And so guys are guys are not communicators. And women are communicators. Women, it's proven that they use about 20,000 words a day, which is about 13,000 words more than the average man. My wife has a theory on this. If she didn't have to repeat them all the time, <laughs> she could use a lot less. Anybody else flowing with that too? All right. So um, from here on out, the rules are this. You can't jab your spouse or the person that you're with. It's perfectly appropriate today if you see somebody single on the other side of the room that you may think through, because at the end we're going to hold hands and pray, that you may want to, I'm just kidding you. <laughs> it's not dating service today. Can I just say this? I don't claim to be an expert at relationships. I've been mulling, mulling through, you know, kind of get, getting through for 32 years with my wife. We've done pretty good. We've only had um, a bad year, one bad year. Um, um, 
and I had three girls in my house too, so I know a little bit about raising girls. Um, we've done an okay job at that. Um, I, I've read a lot of scripture. I, re- I read a lot of books. Uh, one of the most helpful books is one that's about the love languages, the five love languages, which I would encourage you to pick up uh, just to understand how other people need you to communicate, which we're going to talk a little, about, a little bit about communication. But here's what I want to do. I want to set the stage for men and women, um, a biblical model. And it's found in Genesis. It goes back to the beginning, Genesis chapter 126. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. If not, it's on our uh, version, or it'll be on the side screen. This is what it says in verse 26. Then God said, let us make, let's allow, can, can I do something? Let's allow the, the Holy Spirit to speak through his words today. Let, let's just be sensitive to what, what God wants to speak and how he wants to speak through us to this. So it says, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to, to, to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Verse 27, so God created human beings in his own image. In his own image. Did y'all catch that? He made them in the image of God. So, so we're not throwaways, and God doesn't make any junk. God's perfect and holy. He made us in his image. And it says, in the image of God, he created male and female, and he created them. If you drop down to verse 31, this is what it says. Then God looked over all that he had made, and he saw that it was very good. As a matter of fact, there's some versions of the Bible say it was very, very good. So he looked at the animals. He said, that was good. He looked at the ocean. That was good. He looked at skies. He said, that was good. But then he looked at humans, and he went, that is very good. The way I created the, these, this male and female, like I've done, this is, this is amazing. Now, I want to break this down. There's four key elements that God's speaking through this passage of Scripture. The first thing is God created two human creatures, one being a man and the other one being a woman. I'll leave it right there, okay? And it says they were the greatest of all of God's creation. So it wasn't like the duck-billed platypus was on the same line as human beings. Everything else was down here. So, and then men and women were created, and I love this. He He looked at Adam, and he said that it wasn't good for him to be by himself. So he put him to sleep, and from his rib, he created Eve, right? So he's, we know this, that men and, and women, there's a need for each other. There's a physical need, there's an emotional, there's a spiritual need that we have for each other. And then here's the last thing that we don't talk about a lot, but today I think it's a good idea, is men and women were created equal. One's not better than the other. As a matter of fact, if you read Scripture... The Apostle Paul says there's neither bond nor free, there's no, neither male nor female, there's no you know, Jew or Gentile, that we're all on the level playing field. And the Bible also says this in 1 Corinthians. Now listen to this. Verse, uh, chapter 11, verse 11 and 12, it says, But among the Lord's people, women, women are not independent of men, and men are not independent of women. For although the first woman came from a man, talking about Adam and Eve, the first person came, every other man was born from a woman, and everything came from God. So right away we see what the, the Lord's standard is. The Lord's standard is like we're, we're men and, we, and we're created equal. So here's the deal. There's lots of things that are different from each other, right? We, they're physical. We know that, right? They're, they're, they're emotional. But how about the things that, we, that we're the same on? Like what are some, like there's a lot more similarities between men and, men and women than there is, than there, there's differences. And so I would like to spend just the next couple minutes, 20 minutes maybe, talking about the similarities, the things that we both, men and women, I don't care if you're a small guy or, or, or a big guy or, you know, whatever it is, like, there's things that you need. And, and maybe right now you're not in a relationship or, or maybe, maybe you're out of a relationship and like you want to get into another one. These are good, these are good rule, it's a good rule of thumb. Like these are the things that we need. So the first thing is we need to receive affection. Every one of us, we were created with a need. We were born with a need. Have you ever held a newborn baby? There's a natural 
there's a natural thing that they, they clasp, they grab. I've been, I've been just a privilege over the last five weeks. We had a grandchild and like, I've said this already. I'll say it again. Like if I, if I would have known grandchildren were that good, we would have just not done the child thing and just done the grandchild thing. That would have been like much better. But like, there's something like I sit there and hold, I hold my grandchild, my grandson, and he just like, he grabs my fingers and, and I talk to him and he smiles and like, it's one of those deals where every, from the very beginning, and, and some of you are going, I wasn't raised in that house. You know something? Change that. But break that cycle. Maybe, maybe you weren't, maybe you weren't in a household that was all, you know, like it, it was like, you know, like you're great. You know, uh, I love you. I, I, do something different in your family. Be different in your family. Um, every one of us needs, needs to show this thing called affection. Now, how do we do that? There's a couple different ways we do that. The first thing I think is a way we do it through affirmation. That's, that's the words. So I'm going to read something to you that, that it's going to blow you out of the water. Guys, please take notes of this. This is something like we need to be telling like today, if you want to have a really great Sunday afternoon, say some of these things to your spouse. Okay. If you're single, don't say them to your, your girlfriend or boyfriend. Anyway, Solomon chapter four, verse one, you ready? You are beautiful. My darling. Aren't you feeling it? And anybody else feeling it? Watch. Um, Beautiful beyond words. Your eyes are like doves beyond your veil. Your hair falls in waves like a flock of goats. (laughs) Winding down the slopes of Gilead. So he just said that your hair is like a goat. Oh, Oh, your teeth are as white as sheep. Recently shorn and freshly washed, your smile is flawless. Each tooth matches. You're not from Hepzibah is what they're saying right there. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I meant West Virginia. Uh Uh-oh. Here we go. Ready? Verse three. Y'all getting this, guys? Like, this is serious. The the women in the room are going, bring it on. I'm ready for this. Right? So in verse 3, your lips are like scarlet ribbon. Your mouth is inviting. Your cheeks are like rosy pomegranates beyond your veil. Your neck is as beautiful as a tower. You have a big neck. Jeweled with the shields of a thousand. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Verse 5, your breasts. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Are like two fawns, twin fawns of a gazelle grazing among the lilies. Before the dawn breezes blow, the night shadows flee. I will hurry to the mountain of myrrh and the hill of frankincense. You are altogether beautiful, my darling. Beautiful in every way. Doesn't that just do something for you? (laughs) All but the straight teeth and the hair of a goat. Now, none of us guys are as smooth as Solomon, right? I tried it. I tried it a couple of weeks ago. I said, baby, your, your thighs are as smooth as a, a belly of a bass. And it just didn't go anywhere. Like, she was like, nope, not tonight. <laughs> but y'all know what I'm saying? So we can build people up or tear them down with our mouth. 
The words we say, we can actually literally tell. And the greatest challenge for all of us in this world, because we live in a broken world, is to be optimistic and to be, and to be, and to be honest and to be building up instead of tearing down. And so many of us grew up in culture. So many of you grew up in culture. So maybe some of you are even in cultures now where it's nothing but tearing down. we got to change that. That's up to us to change that. Proverbs says it like this in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18. It says, some people make cutting remarks. How many people have been around that person? That all they do is cut you. All they do is cut. It's like death by 10,000 paper cuts. And you, maybe you're only with them for 30 minutes and you feel like, man, like I had, there was nothing good said. Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise, what do they bring? They bring healing. And if you want to be, well, I don't think there's anybody in this room, anybody watching online wants to be stupid. You want to be wise, right? So choose our words. Proverbs chapter 15, one says, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make temper flare. That's true. Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue can bring what? Death or life. And the choice is up to us. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. See, what I've learned is words are like seeds. And you will, you will literally get in return what you plant. And if, if you're planting good stuff, guess what happens? You get good stuff in return. If you're planting negative stuff, you're going to get negative stuff with our kids. And here's, here's a truth that everybody needs to hear real quick. This is the, our words are like a mirror of what's going on in our heart. The abundance, the Bible says the abundance of the heart. So if you're always cutting people, there's something going on right here. If you're always tearing somebody down, there's something going on right here. And every person, I've never met a person I've never met a person that doesn't love to be praised. At some point, you've done a great job or you're an amazing whatever, great singing. A couple, three weeks in a row, April, who's sitting here in the front, she sang this morning. She was sitting over by me and I walked up to her. I was like, I love worshiping with you. You are an amazing worshiper. And, and she's doing the same thing she did. She smiled. We can make people into what we need to make them into by using the right words. How about this? Affection is also shown by quality time. Did you hear what I said? Guys, can you pay attention just for quality time? Um, one of the struggles that I've had over the last several years is I stay busy. Um, I work a 24-hour-a-day job. Um, I try to take Fridays off, but even Fridays, like if somebody dies or something happens, like I'm on call. And, and I realized what started to happen is I would bring work home, and there was never any downtime. And so Gina would want to have a conversation with me, a legitimate conversation, or maybe it was just like, how was your day? And I would be, I would be, my face was buried into my, into my, into my iPad or, or, you know, returning a text message or something. And you know what I've had to learn to do? Honestly, have, like, she understands that if I'm already doing something, don't ask the question. But as soon as, as soon as I get done, hey, are you done? Can we have a conversation? And, and this is what we use in our, in our house right now. If you're going to be present, be present. If you're going to be around, be present. Y'all shaking your head. You understand what I'm saying? Like, my, Gina doesn't want me just sitting on the couch with her. She wants me engaged in the conversation. And so what I've had to learn to do is I've had to learn to put this down. And that's why sometimes people get mad at me. They text me and they think I'm going to respond right back because that's the way it used to be. Listen, if you don't get a text from me, I'm probably hanging out with my wife. And in your emergency, because, because all of a sudden, hell's breaking loose for you, doesn't constitute an emergency on my part. It's probably taking you years to get to the place where you're at. And Bobby's not going to fix it in five minutes. Somebody please say amen to that. Amen. Right? So here's the deal. If we're going to be like time, time spent. Hey, can I tell you another? This is just a little tip. Find something that both of you can do. If you're married or, you know, or, or if, if some, find something that both of you can do. Like Gina, Gina loves going on the boat with me. So we would go on the boat. She, she likes riding around and watching me play golf. I don't know why. 
but she loves doing that. She, I mean, there's, but we, we, we walk together. There's all kinds of, we love, one of the things that we'd love to do is we love watching the Braves. Like, and we sit there and she knows the stats of every Brave. Like when a Brave walks up and she'll be like, you know, he's going to go one for three. He, he's one for three today. I'm, I'm like, what the, who are you? I, I've never loved you more. <laughs> right? How about this? Also gifts. Affection is shown by giving gifts. Um, just about every Monday, this is not bragging, um, I'm, I'm saying this to get you guys, some of you guys out of trouble. Um, every Monday I go to Publix and I buy a $15 bundle of flowers. I I, I, somebody say amen to that? It works for me. Every Monday I walk in the house and she goes, who are these for? And my girlfriend. Right? I was talking to a guy at Publix, and he was like, I should have done this on my first two marriages. <laughs> yep. I think there's probably a couple more problems, but yep. Right? Um, how about this? Affection through PDAs. You know what PDAs are? Public display of affection. I was reading a, um, uh, The Power of a Kiss, and this is what it says. Life insurance companies did a study and found that men who kiss their wives every day before they go to work have fewer accidents on the freeway. So, tomorrow morning, what y'all going to do? Kiss your wife. They also discovered that men who kiss their wives the last thing before they go to bed at night live longer than any other men. So we're kissing in the morning. Not so bad so far, y'all, right? Kissing at night. They also found that the same group of men earn more money at their place of employment if they kiss their spouse. So the moral of the story is, if you kiss your spouse, you'll avoid freeway accidents, live longer, and increase your income. It's a win-win-win, right? Plus, you're kissing your spouse. Now, I'm going to say something. It's going to offend some of you. Apologize in advance. Men need it too. Men need affection. Like, I need my hand held by my wife. Don't anybody walk up to me after service again. I, I need a hug from my wife, something that she does, which I don't think it's that embarrassing. Every time I get to preach, I get up to preach, she, and she's sitting next to me. Y'all know what a good game is? And I walk up here. That's why I'm jumping up here. Yeah. She good games me. But guys, we need it too, don't we? I, I was reading a story about two younger guys, uh, two younger, uh, a younger man and a younger woman, and they were, they were dating. And they were riding around on his farm. He owned a big farm in Texas. And they were riding around, and they stop at this gate, and there's these two cows that are sitting there behind the gate, and they're licking each other, and the cows are licking their lips and all that. And he just sits there, and he goes, hmm, I, I sure would like some of that. She goes, do your cows, you can do what you want to do. Not by a show of hands, I'll raise mine. I still want to know that I rock my wife's world. I still need to know that I'm her knight in shining armor. I, I still need to know that she loves me. One of the things that we were walking one day not too long ago, and I, she goes, what's the one thing that I, I need to do better this year? And I said, you need to tell me how much you love me. You need to show me, PDA, how much you love me. So that's the first one. Here's the second one. We need, and we'll talk a little bit more about this, we need clear communication um, I didn't know this. It took me 58 years to figure this out. Women like to talk in complete sentences. And they use nouns and verbs. 
and sometimes an adjective, and guys grunt. So they did, a, they did a study. They took four-year-old, they took 104-year-old girls and 104-year-old boys. The 104-year-old girls talked in complete sentence. Every one of their conversations was like I'm talking right now, complete sentences. 60%, four-year-old boys, 60% of their conversation was complete sentences. The other 40% was um, machinery and animal sounds. It doesn't surprise me. See, women talk because of intimacy. They, they want to connect. Men talk to, to problem solve. And we have to be sensitive to that. We have to be sensitive to the needs of the other person. This is what Philippians chapter 2, verse 4 says. Don't look out only for your own interests. That means, guys, we have to have conversations with our spouses. That means, women, we have to maybe grunt every once in a while. Right? Poor, poor, here's what poor communication creates problems. It, it creates tension. It creates loneliness. It creates hostility. But effective communication creates the other things. It strengthens the relationships. And so we have to make sure that we're having conversation well. Here's the last thing. The last thing is this. Every one of us in this room, please hear me on this. If you, did, if you check out everything else, check in on this one. We all need a relationship with God. Every one of us. When this is well, this works. When my relationship with Jesus is right, my relationship with everybody else, including my kids and my spouse and my coworkers, and my employee, all, when this is right, it, it makes sense, doesn't it? The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, number one. And then it says all the other stuff falls into place. See, we all need, every one of us is designed with this God-shaped void in our lives that only Jesus can fill. There's no one else can fill that, that need that we have. There's nobody who can fill that gap. As a matter of fact, this is what Jesus said. And this is one of the things that Jesus talked about a lot. And this is the broken world part of us. Like we live in a broken world where lots of things, our marriages are breaking, our families are breaking down, society's breaking down. And this is what it says when we, and, and, and literally what I was talking about in the beginning of service, that song, He is Able, is, is, is this right here. There's a lot of us that are carrying a lot of weight of our families, our businesses, but this is what Jesus says. Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. See, the reason this has to be right it's because the world's going back crap crazy, and we need rest. We, we need solace. We need to get away from all the craziness of our world, and the only way we can get rid of that is by casting our burdens to Jesus. At some point in every one of our lives, we're going to have to answer for this Jesus thing. Like, you, you, lots of you, you come here almost every week, and you hear about Jesus, and there's some of us that haven't made that decision. We haven't crossed that line this end. At some point, we're going to have to do that. And that's the only way all the other, all the other relations. This is what Jesus got. This is, what, this is why the religious leaders got so mad at Jesus, because he claimed, to be, he claimed to be God. In verse 6 of John chapter 14, Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except for through me. That's the only way we can find solace to go through Jesus. We read it, we read it last, last week in Psalms 46, that you are my refuge and you're my strength. You're my door. 
Jesus talks about it. It's talked about in uh, uh, the 23rd Psalm when, 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 it, when it's written. It says, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes it me lie besides still, uh, you know, uh, green pastures and still waters. He, he, he becomes that door that we get to, G, to get to God from. And so it's one of those deals where we, every one of us, and, and, and it's scary because I feel like one of the breakdowns of our society is this. We are really... We are really involved in a thousand different things. Like we're in, involved with our careers, which we have to have them, right? And we're involved in making sure our kids have the, you know, the greatest sporting whatever life they have or the dance recital and all that kind of stuff. And then on top of that, we want to make sure that you know, we're advancing ourselves in whatever our career is. And you know what I'm afraid of? I'm going to be as honest as I can. I fall into this category. I, I fall into this category because I'm so driven sometimes to be successful that sometimes it's expensive myself and my family. I'm writing something right now for our 20th anniversary. And as I was writing it, it turned out to be an apology letter to my wife and my kids. Because 32 years of ministry has come with a cost. And I don't want to get to the end of my life, nor I'm assuming most of you don't want to. And what does it benefit if you gain the whole world, Scripture says? What's it benefit if you have a few more dollars in a checking account? What's it benefit if you have another name, but you don't have a relationship with your wife? Or you don't have a relationship with your kids? What's it benefit? Tell me. If somebody can tell me that it, there's a great benefit, I'll go down that road, but I'm, I'm tired of that road. You know what I find great benefit in right now? Sitting on the couch with my wife, talking about our, our kids, or planning our next vacation, or thinking about the wedding of one of my daughters in September. It's not about how do I add 10 more people to journey or the next great series. What does it benefit? Tell me. What's it benefit? If I have all that stuff and I lose my soul, or I lose my wife, or I lose my kids, or if I lose my friends, what's a benefit? I was reading a story about two, a couple, they were, they were, having, they were having dinner at a restaurant, a real nice restaurant for one of their anniversaries. And the husband said to the wife, a little kind of a, kind of a weird look, and said, our marriage has changed a lot, hasn't it? And she started to smile and she said, I've been thinking about the same thing, how our marriage has changed. And she said, how do you think it's changed? And he said, can I be honest with you? She said, I would love that. He said, baby, you don't satisfy me anymore. She smiled and started laughing and she said, that's funny because I was thinking the same exact thing. You don't satisfy me anymore. Now, if you were listening to that conversation, you were thinking divorce was the next thing that was going to happen. But what they were saying is, through the 20 or 30 years of their marriage, they looked to their spouse to bring the greatest satisfaction. They were looking for that spouse to do something that that spouse was not designed to do. There's only one thing that can bring us great satisfaction, and that's Jesus in a relationship with him. That's it. Don't put that weight on your spouse. Don't put that weight on your future spouse. Don't put that way. That's probably why it collapsed before because expectations were so unrealistic. 
Put the expectation on God is going to supply every one of your need according to his riches and glory. And when he does that, all the other stuff will fall into place. There's only one person that can bear the burden of our life. And he did it 2,000 years ago on a cross so we can have life and have life to the fullest. That we can have great families, so we can have great marriages. That's the only way it works. I want you to do me a favor. We're going to close right here. Why don't you stand up with me? If you're with your spouse, I would like for you to grab your spouse's hand. If you're with a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you can try it too. If you see someone on the other side of the aisle that you would like, you can go over there and hold their hand. No, don't do that. (laughs) Heavenly Father, in this moment right here, I just want to do this one thing well, God. I want to be a great husband. I want to be a great dad still. I want to be a great grandfather. God, the areas of my life where I've fallen short, can you help me? God, the areas that I fall short, can you you fill in those gaps? Can you help me not have to write an apology letter and write a letter that says how proud I am of them and what you've done through our lives in this church. God, I pray for every person represented here. I don't know what they're going through. You do. But I pray that they would seek you, that that God-shaped void that they would find and fill with you and you alone. God, thank you that we can have honest conversations about the family. We walk forward. God, we pray that we have made you famous through this series, that we understand that without you, we can't do anything. So we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or would like to talk with someone about taking your next step, email us at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net.